You're listening to the Girls in Property podcast, where we break down property concepts, speak to some amazing guests to learn from their knowledge and experience and support each other and you on our property journeys. Join me, Sophie, along with my property girls, Julia and Athena, as we chat property, ups and downs, and learn from our experiences. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, this episode is just me and my amazing husband, Simon, who you may have heard a little bit in the background. Hi, Simon. Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm fine. I'm very excited to be out from behind the buttons and coloured lights um, to talk to you and get your get the Sophie story about the podcast because you're one of the three girls. Yeah. We're going to get their stories at some point as well so that yeah. everyone can find out who you are. Let's do it. Have you had a good week? Yeah, I've had a great week. We picked up a new HMO this week, which is lovely. Four mm-hmm. bedrooms, massive rooms, good condition not too much refurb doing and we've got a huge demand at the moment for tenants so very very good so that's a busy week then you've had a lovely time firing on all cylinders yes great so you all about you uh-huh. um so at some point we're going to have to talk about your previous business venture running and building your own diving resort off yes. grid in indonesia yes but that's that a is, whole other episode an episode it may be a trilogy mm. um but tonight we're just going to have a little chat about you and your rooms franchise, um, why you chose a franchise, why you got into property. So why don't you take us back to where your last job, mm-hmm. the last time you were employed, finished and why you started looking into franchises. Mm, okay, so we spent a lot of time living outside the UK, having lots of fun scuba diving, building our own business in Indonesia. And we moved back so our kids could go to school here. And we tried a few things. There was this whole pandemic. Those things didn't work. (laughs) And I found myself uh, doing sales and marketing within a franchise. And I hadn't really experienced any franchise models before. um, And realized it's quite a good business model. When you join a franchise, you get a certain amount of support that you pay for with a monthly fee to that franchise. Um, And that helps ensure your success. That's the basis of the franchise. They will ensure your success if you join them. Okay, so what made you start thinking about looking into a franchise for yourself? I wanted to run my own business again. I loved Indonesia. I loved being my own boss, creating a team, creating a product, creating a service and just doing whatever I wanted with it, basically. (laughs) Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, but But when you make a sale, it's for you and it's for your business and it's amazing. Exactly, it's not up to anybody else. Yeah, and I was working my ass off for this other person and I kind of kept wanting to change bits about the business and improve things and get more pay and get more salary and commission. And there were just lots of no's and it wasn't really going how I wanted it to go so I thought okay I'm going to start I'm going to start my own business again and uh, I started looking into different franchises because you get that support you know I've got kids I've got bills to pay starting your own business is risky you know something like 60% of businesses fail in the first year Mm. more businesses fail in the first three years so it is a risk and I was aware of that so I looked at several different franchises whittled it down to three 
And what were you looking at? Were you looking at like a McDonald's franchise? Were you going for the big high street chains? What, which areas did you focus on and why? Um, I just focused on ones that interested me because if you work in something you're not even interested in, you're not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Or that had a really good business model. So one of them was to do with tutoring. One of them was to do with kind of supported living. And the third one was the property franchise rooms, which I eventually joined. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of them said to me, basically, give me all your money, give me your savings, and then we'll set you up tomorrow. And uh, room said to me, right, let's get to know each other. Let's build a relationship. Let's get you doing loads of market research. And... It took about six months from our initial phone call to me actually setting up my business, which was good. So tell me more about what you knew about property. So you said you were looking at various franchises, mm-hmm. but you started, you cast the net wide across different industries, across different sectors. What was your perception of what property was as an industry and kind of the opportunities that you were looking looking for in that? Because if somebody um, says tutoring, it's quite specific, isn't it? Mm. It's finding tutors to sit down and help distribute mm. education. But property, to me at the time, sounded like some mogul sat with mm-hmm. piles of money wearing a suit in the back. Really? Of the it just—it's one of those things. It's like it sounds to me like an aspirational thing that sounds very vague. Like I'm a consultant. I—I <laughs> I, I think my perception was an estate agent. Okay. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> not, Which one not do you think we're like? A tycoon diver, somewhere in between. Yes. <laughs> I think okay. we're, yeah, I don't know where we are. Um, <laughs> but I know it's good because we've, because we've got what you originally set out for, which is the security and certainty of building a business within somebody else's framework, which mm-hmm. is what the franchise offered. Mm-hmm. So Rooms, first of all, said, nice to meet you, Sophie. Now go away and do some market research mm-hmm. and, and you tell us if you think our franchise is going to work in your area. Whereas the others kind of just said, give us X thousands or tens yeah. of thousands of pounds yeah. and we'll just make it work. Yes. So was it just you were reassured by the fact that they wanted you to go out and do some work rather than just They knew it, it would work. work. They've got a pretty solid business model where if you've got a certain sized city with a certain demographic and population, then the the fact that, you know, the, the HMO model should work. Hmm. Um, and so they were keen to talk to me because of where I'm based, which is near Southampton and Portsmouth and those kinds of areas. But they wanted to get to know me. I knew I had to get to know them because it's a business relationship. Um, and yeah, we, we needed a business plan. Uh, every new business needs a business plan. Uh, if you don't have one, then you'll just taking an even bigger leap so there were lots of sensible things they put in place first funding investment working capital marketing business plans you know there's lots of different things you need so we spent a good amount of time discussing them building our relationship getting to know each other and we had quite a solid understanding of each other after that time and really keen to work with each Mm. other um if you which are going to be in the dispensing advice frame of mind. And you were talking to somebody came to you saying, I want to get into a franchise. What should I look for? What should I avoid? Mm. From your experience, what would you avoid? What would be a red flag from a, from a franchise? 
Um, well, there's the um, British Franchise Association that a lot of the big, big franchises are part of, which ask for a lot of compliance, which is good. But yeah, big red flags are just onboarding you without much getting to know you or mm. due diligence. You know, it was due diligence in both directions. I was getting to know them. They were getting to know me. Mm. Market research business plans, marketing plans, what am I actually going to get? What support am I going to get? All those things are really important. Hmm. And what was it um, about property that you thought, okay, separate from the reassurance that you got from the Rooms franchise, why did you go for property when you could have gone for burgers or stationery? It's a really good <laughs> business model. <laughs> All of property is a really good business model. No, this one, okay. this one, rent to rent HMO is a great mm-hmm. business model. And why, why was it particularly, why was it a good fit for you and your circumstances? Uh, we just developed a five-year business plan mm. and it looked good. It looked really good. Um, and I knew it would be a huge amount of work to set up and start because it's all about getting your name out there, relationship building, networking, calling agents, writing, you know, taking loads of no's before you get a yes. Uh, But I don't have a problem with any of that. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of really, really, really hard work in the first year or so. And then, you know, you slowly get into it. You start systemizing. You start taking people on, really learning what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And being part of the franchise just catapulted me. You know, if I'd done it on my own, I think I would have got three or four properties in my first year. I think we got nine. Uh, And they just really support you. And they were brilliant for me. Mm -hmm. Do you think you could put your finger on mistakes that you would have made had you not had the franchise behind you? Loads. All, you know, compliance is really hard to learn if you don't know what you're looking for. Things Mm -hmm. like fire risk assessments. Uh, you know, ends of tenancies, evicting people if you need to, how to deal with difficult tenants, uh, how to give great service to great tenants, how to maintain high standards, what to look for in a property, what your strategy is, what your marketing strategy is. I had daily phone support for about three months Mm -hmm. and I can still call them whenever I want. So all the mistakes you could make, they've made them and they'll warn you about them and you won't even do them. So it's really good. Mm-hmm. And so all the support you get right at the front, you pay your money, you get set up, you've got a framework that you grow your business into and then you're on the way. What is the benefit of being part of a franchise at this point now? Well, after the initial year and the setup and all the learning, it's scaling, mm. which is really exciting mm. because a lot of people start a business and they're like, okay, I'm in, I'm doing it. And it'll, it'll, I'm saying flat line, <laughs> but it will continue as it is, and that's fine. But well, that we're kind going. Of just works to their capacity, and then yeah, that's it. But I'm going, right, okay, next year I want 30 HMOs. How many staff mm-hmm. do I need? How am I going to do that? What's my exit strategy? Do I want an exit strategy? Where's my next franchise going to be? How mm-hmm. do I work my way up? So it's constant development and improvement and performance. So if somebody didn't have, I mean, you, your mindset is always right. What's next? What's mm. next? What's next? It's one of the things that I think most people recognise in you, and that's why your networking has been so successful, and why we're sat here doing a podcast as well <laughs> yeah. as running a business. Um, it, yeah. So somebody that maybe wasn't as motivated would have the kind of strategy guidance from a franchise to say, right, 
your next step is this this yeah. is what we're going to do to help you grow yeah. further it's not yeah. just all about the initial stationary letterheaded paper yeah. key rings and off you go yes you've got a very experienced strategic director mm. on the end of the phone whenever you need them mm. which is priceless i think definitely so we agreed that they're worth the fees absolutely i would do it again yeah yeah okay so where you are now why why did you want to start a podcast oh that's a good question <laughs> um i have never been in an industry where so many people will reach out to you for a coffee and there's just not that much competition it's more support and everyone who you sit down with is going, what are you working on? What's the deal? How much did it cost? What's the margin? How have you done it? And there's so many different things in property. There's HMOs, there's serviced accommodations, there's flip, there's BRRRR, there's <laughs> commercial conversions. I thought you got stuck there's... then. There's really one called BRRRR. There's, oh, who knows? <laughs> there's development, you know, there's so much going on. So many people doing interesting things. I want to hear them and I want other people to hear it. And property shouldn't be, you know, this male-dominated thing and it shouldn't be hard for girls to get into it. So I really want to just do a podcast where we break it down, we have a chat about it. People can, you know, we, we'll have a Facebook group. I don't know what else we'll do, maybe events around the world (laughs) let's go on tour with it (laughs) let's get girls into property because they can anyone can I, i mean it's just huge it's the exciting thing about it is if you're an entrepreneur and if you've got that mindset and that drive you can start rent to rent business tomorrow or you can go and shadow someone or go and do some work experience or you know learn a little bit there's loads of training courses out there which I'm sure we'll talk about. But there's lots of ways to get into property and be creative with it and be entrepreneurial about it. So anyone can get into it. Girls can definitely get into it. And we're here for it. That's what I'm all about. Awesome. Uh, Men are allowed. (laughs) (laughs) We've had some great guests and we will continue to do so. Um, But this, you know, all this podcast is about is that property is for everyone. Anyone can access it. Anyone can get into it. Let's share the love. Let's support each other. Let's do it. Let's go into business together. Brilliant. Email me if you've got a business idea. What's our email address? Our email address is girlsinpropertypod at gmail.com. There we go. And you can also find Girls in Property Pod on Instagram. Yeah. Um, Facebook, LinkedIn, can, all yeah, the things. All those things. Yeah. If you've got a property question... Or if you would like to come on as a guest with an interesting story that could inspire others, then please reach out and get in touch because we'd love it. Or if you know a famous person, we could get a famous person on that doesn't know anything about property, but it could just be like, (laughs) hello. Sure. Yeah. Why not? David Attenborough would be my top choice. Okay. We'll reach out. (laughs) Michelle Obama? Yeah. Cool. Definitely. She's a girl in property. Yeah. Sophie, your time in property in two years, what has been your property disaster? Um, When we first started, um, there may have been a couple of viewings I turned up to without a key. 
Oh, where you had a, te- a prospective tenant of yeah. yours going, yeah. show me a lovely room. Yeah. I've taken a train from Nottingham to yeah. come and see a room. Yeah. And I didn't have the key. <laughs> I didn't have the right key. Um, <clears throat> since then, we now have a master key set, mm. uh, which is one key, opens all the doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's good. And that's I don't want to be in a lock safe under a tree in the woods. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, it's just problem solving, isn't it? And learning from experiences. What about you? My property disaster. Since rooms? Mm-hmm. Um It wasn't really a disaster. It was more of a oh god. It's a lot worse <laughs> than we thought. And that would be Arthur Road. Uh-huh. It just kept getting worse. It was one of those properties where you got very excited. I did. Because you came to me and you said, Babe, an agent, he's passed me this property and he's the margin's just ridiculous. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. And I was just like, okay, does it need any work? And you were like, yeah, needs a bit of work doing. So I went and had a look. And even on initial viewing, it was like... Yeah, it needs very a, bad. It needs it needs a bit of work. Um, long story short, I thought I was going to rip out a bath and put in a nice long wet room shower tray, and then put down a bit of laminate, and the bathroom would be done. But when I took the bath out, I found out that the laminate floor it was standing on was the only thing between it and downstairs. The entire floor had rotten out, <gasps> and it took oh, me yes. two weeks on my own in very cramped conditions, replacing timber and floorboards to then put a shower tray in. So a a two-day job turned into a two-week job. And the whole project, that was the story of the whole thing, just got heinously overrun and over budget. But now it's up and running. And guess what? You were right. As always, you were right. It's cash flowing like an absolute beaut. You were a little star, as you always are. (laughs) Thank you. But we learned, didn't we? We learned, we factor in refurb we know what to look for now i certainly know what to look for which is can you see daylight from the bathroom Mm. when you're standing in the living room um and yeah we get the owner (laughs) to pay for the refurb i I love how yours is like a small maintenance job turned into a massive two-week rotten floor and mine was like i forgot a key (laughs) (laughs) sophie where can people find you so i am on instagram Sophie underscore rooms. Um, and you can find us on Facebook, Rooms Southampton. And you can contact me through the pod, girlsinpropertypod at gmail.com. Happy to chat to anyone. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would really like you to leave a five-star review because apparently that shows us to new people. Uh, rate us, review us, say nice things about us and tell everyone else to listen to us. Just put it on in the background. That would help as well. Thank you very much. And we'll see you very soon.